Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. And welcome back to Mindset Monday. Gene Zanetti, Mike Moore here, your coast-to-coast mindset coaches. Real excited to bring you another great episode. We just had Who's Number One this past week. We'll get into that in greater depth. Real exciting stuff there. Just want to remind everyone that now September is absolutely the time to make sure you get your team signed up for the Mindset Program. Make sure your son starts the mindset training. Some of our best teams and our best athletes begin in the month of September. Let's do it before it's too late. It's always better to get it going before the season rather than when things start picking up, the emotions are high. Get started now with our mindset training program. So we're going to jump right into it. Who's number one? Mike, why don't you take it away? You were over there. Talk about your experience. Yeah, it was great. And I think it's such a great event for wrestling. I think it makes kids feel like a celebrity for, for a weekend. You know, they walk in, their, their their names are on the TV of their hotel room. They get a press conference. They have ceremonial weigh-ins. They have, you know, a lot of things that, you know, I think make them make them feel like it's a very special uh, opportunity. It's definitely something that for those of us that liked being in the spotlight, I think it's definitely a great um, event to showcase your skills. Um, I would say that I definitely saw two things really that stuck out. I saw, um, you know, the whole opportunity obligation, like there were kids that were excited that they got to be there. And then there were kids that were that held back, feel like they had to win. Um, so they didn't perform well. And then, you know, particularly three wrestlers uh, that are on teams that we've worked with over the years, you know, one of them actually being the first team that I ever took and I've been working with the last six years, all three of those kids won. And the, the theme being all three of them were underdogs. One of them was actually a three to one underdog and he beat the number one pound for pound kid in the country. So pretty impressive stuff. Sounds a little bit like the, the performance our, our athletes had in Fargo. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people, you know, again, going back to opportunity versus obligation, like there are two types of people you saw at a big tournament like Fargo. Kids that were so excited that they get to be there and, and that they get to wrestle good kids versus the people that felt like 
Uh, they have to win and they don't want to mess it up. So it was, it was definitely really exciting. And I think the wrestling community should definitely do more of these events. It was uh, really, really cool. Uh, and I was, I was really glad that I got to be there. For sure. Awesome. Let's talk about some of our past success there. So wrestling mindset, we've had a, a habit now at this point in time of, of bringing a lot of people to who's number one or several people each year and a lot of success. Talk about that a little bit. Some of our past performances. So I know we mentioned, you know, back in the day, one of the first teams you ever worked with was Burton Catholic. Obviously, Nick Suriano was a was a superstar at, at who's number one. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, that he was on one of the first ones and him and Dayton Fix had that like 30 minute overtime. Um, absolutely crazy. That was great. And over the years, um, I think each year we had it, we had at least one, if not two kids compete. I know Sonny Santiago was a, was a, was a, a great story. Sonny from St. John Bosco in California. He actually had to win the bracket. So he had like two or three matches that he had to win to earn number one spot. He won, uh, I know Richie Figueroa, we didn't get a chance. We've never worked with him personally, but worked with Selma for two seasons. And Richie, obviously a shining star and who's number one. And then we had, you know, a handful of kids that didn't win, but really, you know, made the most of their opportunity to compete. I know uh, Jagger Conomity from Northampton, Pennsylvania. He, he competed last year. Uh, Jace Lukow from also from Selma. Uh, he competed a few years ago. And, you know, this past year, the, you know, shining stars, Casey Swiderski beat Jesse Mendez pound for pound number one. Braden Davis, his teammate, um, uh, also upset uh, someone that uh, was a, a favorite against him. Dylan Fishbeck from Aurora High School in Ohio um, was not favored to win. You know, actually, the, the, uh, the kid that he wrestled came down from 220 uh, to wrestle Dylan at 195. Mind you, Dylan is not a 95 pounder. He's an 85 pounder that is bumping up to get better competition. Uh, same at Fargo. He bumped up to 95 to get better competition. And then, you know, to round out this last year, Manny Rojas from Detroit Catholic Central competed, didn't win, but, you know, I had the opportunity to compete. And uh, like I said, it was, it, it's great to see these, uh, the, these kids compete at the highest level of the sport and more than anything, enjoy the process of being there instead of feeling tight and worried like they have to win. Right. Two other guys that come to mind, Shane Van Ness. He was there. Before. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Shane. Yeah, absolutely. He's one of our guys in the one-on-one program. The other guy I think of is Robert Howard, who we didn't work with directly, but we worked with Bergen Catholic, his team. Absolutely. And his wrestling club, Potato Train, that both of you and I went in to speak to. Yeah, I remember that. And actually, that reminds me, so this last year, um, I know you've spent um, a handful of times popping into Anthony Knox's high school, um, in Jersey. What was the, what was the name of that school? So St. John Vianney. I was actually just there this past week yep. speaking to the freshman class. So St. John Vianney is one of the teams that not only do we work with the wrestling team, but their athletic director purchased a package where multiple sports, I, mean, all, I think he split it up among all the sports. He broke it into different seasons, fall, winter, and spring sports. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Anthony, if, if, if Anthony or anyone connected to that team gets to watch this, like, man, is that kid tough on top? Like he, I won't say turn that kid at will, but it's, I think it's so impressive when kids that are top 10 in the country turn one another, you know, that's just like, uh, that's just the hardest thing to do. Like you're, you're, you, you were, you were, that is the ultimate in like imposing your will on somebody else. And it takes commitment. Because anytime you're, you're going to expose their back, you're, you are putting yourself in a little bit of a risky position. 
So you're going, it shows that you're going for it. You're not just looking to ride, but you're looking to turn and pin. Big thing my college coach, Darren Schulman, used to say all the time, he was an All-American for Syracuse. He would always say that we're not looking to ride. We're looking to turn and pin. And most guys, that's not the case, but the very best ones, they are. I think something that I've noticed over the years is like uh, making observations on successful teams. So like, why does Penn State pin or tech everybody? Well, because that's what they're looking to do. Um, they w- w- When your focus is on on pinning someone, if that's your number one objective, then you'll settle with a tech fall. You'll be disappointed with a major and you'll be mortified with a decision win. So I remember like intentionally watching uh, the year that Zane had graduated, watching those guys compete. You see Bo Nickel pin Colin Moore, number one versus number two, pins him in the first period. Bo Nickel is not that much better. He's just only looking to pin people. I mean, if you, if you walk outside and you go to look for yellow cars, you're going to see a whole lot more yellow cars than what you're used to seeing. So if you're only looking for pinning people, like on a takedown, you're throwing in a half, you know, on, on a map return, you're looking to slip something in. And uh, I think it just goes to show you, like, not just their willingness to be vulnerable, but uh, yeah, like you said, you know, you, you, you focus on pinning, you'll, you, you'll find, you'll find back points. That's a very good point. In fact, I had a personal coach that worked with me in college and in high school, and he kind of his mentality was, which I, which I disagree with here, even though he helped me very much, he would say, don't, don't pin the guy right away. You're always let the match go to the second or third period. So we get more video, get more wrestling. And you know, what happened was I kind of went from middle school being somewhat of a pinner at like a local, very local level. And then in high school, I stopped pinning people. And it's like, you lose the art of pinning people, which is a skill. And it's a mindset, just like you're saying there, yeah. my teammate at Rutgers, Marcello Medini, he was always a pinner. He sweeps singly to cross face cradle. And, uh, and in college, when we were wrestling together at Rutgers, he told me, cause I was getting a lot of bonus points, majors and techs. And he said, Gene, stop, stop wrestling for so long like that. Just get out there, yeah. take the guy down. Cradle get up. And now wait, we wrestled army that day. And I, I didn't have a great wrestler at that time, but I went for it. I, I cradled him and I, I darn near almost pinned him only because of exactly what you're saying there, Mike, that I said, Hey, let's go out there and pin this guy. Why not do that every time? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I think there's value in like wrestling to the second period when you know the kid's not very good um, or he's just inferior to you. You know, like if you're going to spend all week making weight, then like let's like let's or if you got to wrestle tomorrow, like let's get a workout in. Let's work on our moves, whatever. But I think, um, you know, not to make anything like more special than the other. But when you know that you outmatch somebody, like maybe get a work, you know, maybe get some work in versus, you know, when when it's supposed to be something that's tougher uh, when you're supposed to have a, a tougher opponent, maybe, uh, you know, anything, uh, anything goes. And again, it's like a hard balance, right? Like you, you don't want to make any match more special or less special than the other. But, uh, as a club coach right now, uh, I get frustrated when my really good kids pin someone in 20 seconds. Cause I'm like, you know, we gotta get ready for the state tournament. You know, we gotta get ready. We, 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 um, let me, let me rephrase. We have to get better. And, you know, when, when you wrestle somebody that you're 10 times better than you could use it as an opportunity to get better, maybe work on your number two moves, your number three moves, you know, like try to try to try, try to do something to get better instead of just pinning someone. So like I said, it's, it's like a hard balance, but if, if I'm going to err on the side of one or the other, like, yeah, when you get the opportunity to kill somebody, kill somebody. Didn't we have this? This is making me think back to didn't we have a running thread for a while last year, two years ago on yes. Facebook? We were debating. We were all, yes. we were all talking. About, and there's there's good sides to both. Yes. I mean, one thing that really stuck out in my mind reading Sun Tzu, The Art of War. And he was basically saying when you're in war, you, you when you have the opportunity to deliver the death blow, you kill as quickly as possible. Yes. And, and I guess I'm looking at it also. I have a bias because 
I didn't do what I'm saying right now back in, in high school, college. I was thinking about get the bonus points. I was always thinking about going the distance. So I guess I kind of lost the art of pinning there and the mindset of pinning. So there's definitely a balance of a way to do it. So interesting. Stuff I, think the, I, I, I think the idea is, like, yeah, I, I think it's balance. Um, and I think if you're a good enough coach, especially like mentally for your kids, they, they understand that like one match isn't more or less important, but it's, it's knowing that like we have different objective, we, we, have, we have different uh, game plans, right? Like, like, Hey, this guy, we're going to focus on sweep singles. This guy, we're going to focus on this. Well, this guy, we're going to focus on scoring a lot of points. This guy, if you get the opportunity to pin him, pin him. So, you know, I, I think the, the imbalance, the, the, when people struggle finding the balance, they just don't know how to regulate their thoughts. So like if, if a kid understands that like, Hey, this isn't more or less special. We just had a, a, a different focus on what we want to accomplish. This is exactly where a mindset coach would help you cut through a lot of that because there are a lot of different dynamics and it is highly individualized. So to just apply a blanket statement to all wrestlers, yes. okay, yes, we can give a generalized blanket statement, say, hey, this is the position of wrestling mindset. But the truth, but the truth is each guy is a little different and having a personal mindset coach will be able to help you with that. So, yeah. yeah, no, I, I uh, completely agree with that. I think uh, there's so many different things to think. There's so many different things to feel. You don't know what's right. I remember having a conversation with a super high level athlete the other day. And, uh, you know, they're like, well, I, I, I read this in a book and like this person told me this. And then this I'm like, you're, you're like Frankensteining all of these things. Like you just don't have a process. Like you, if you have a process to do your jujitsu, then in particular positions, then you should have a process to manage the way that you think. And the reason I feel like people struggle more than anything is they just, they lack a process and you can't compete. You know, like, like the worksheet we have in our, our, our curriculum says, if you want consistent performances, you need consistent thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. And you just can't be consistent when you don't have a process. Right. It's that consistent process, that systematic approach. Exactly. And I, so we're in the middle of running a coach's certification, right? A mindset coaching um, to get a certification in winning mindset, wrestling mindset. And last night we, we did our first session. It was two hours, just theory. It was just theory. We didn't even go through the worksheets or the exercises. So it's basically giving you those guiding principles of how to look at the mentality. And then tonight, two hours, you're going to get more into the specifics. But like you said, you need to have the principles and the specifics. That's what we're bringing to the coaches. So let's let's jump into it now. Talk about some of the specifics of things you saw this past weekend at who's number one. Yeah. So I saw um, uh I would try to be as general as possible with this particular instance. So I, I saw a particular individual who is, um, if they're not ranked number one in the country, uh, I know they were damn near close. Uh, they won Fargo. And they were most outstanding wrestler at Fargo. Very impressive. Every time I watch this person wrestle and uh, I watch this person have to vomit like four times during their match and uh, literally get a puke bucket. And like, you could just visibly see the, the, um, uh, the lack of regulation and their ability to uh, focus on the right things. So I'm not in, in this person's head, so I can't say yay or nay. But in my opinion, it was pretty clear that like sh this person was not sick, that they had, you know, they weren't able to regulate how they were thinking and feeling. And that had physical consequences in the way that they were able to perform or not. Um, so I noted, you know, at the highest level, you can see that mindset was something that was making a difference and, you know, not to regurgitate the whole Simone Biles things and everyone's got their own opinion, 
but you know, I, I spoke on it a, a couple times where at a minimum, if if you're gonna take the ver- the words that she said in her interviews and in her documentary, like I was very stressed. There was a lot of pressure. Um, I never felt like this before. Realistically, like where your mind is affects the way that your body feels. And, you know, in my opinion, I think similar to Simone Biles, this particular person, um, their their inability to manage their emotions caused like extreme physical consequences, which ultimately affected the way that they were going to wrestle. So I think that was an interesting observation that someone who just won Fargo was most outstanding wrestler had severe, in my opinion, anxiety in the middle of this competition. If I was to guess, this person felt a lot of pressure to live up to the expectations of what happened at Fargo and previous. Everyone's spotlighting on this person in this particular moment. It's a very intimate setting. You know, only maybe 60 people there. Um, and they know, so you know, it's this big hype. So I thought that was interesting. Um, uh, I noticed the level of girls wrestling. Holy cow. Um, and I've shared all about that a lot. Just super impressive at how technical these girls are. That was super impressive. And, you know, again, going back to credit, Casey Swiderski, Dylan Fishbeck, uh, Braden Davis, even um, we don't work with him. Uh, I've been I've been around him through Team Georgia. He's been in mindset sessions with uh, other clubs and stuff. Caleb Henson from Georgia. Uh, Caleb was a three to one favorite against Jordan Williams and wrestled exceptionally. So if rankings and predictions and hype mattered, First of all, why would we wrestle? Dudes, you know, we would raise our hands based on that. Uh, but two, if it um, if they mattered, all of those kids would have lost. So it's just such an obvious example of like I think of the the post that we've been sharing for years. If you want to be successful in wrestling, you have to have a blatant disregard to record rankings and hype. It's just not an option. So either it's off the table or it fuels you and it excites you to want to perform. And again, I would say like, those were the, those were the biggest takeaways that I saw. And I also saw at the, you know, the best kids in the sport for the most part, they were excited for the opportunity to compete in the spotlight, not feel like there was more pressure. So that's a choice, right? They, they choose to be excited about it. Um, And I think, anyone that's aspiring to be like those kids and wrestle in that one day uh, or just be better in general. They, like no one, they didn't wake up one day and feel that way. They make a conscious choice to be like, I'm excited to wrestle a good kid. I want to put on a show. So why can't everybody else take the same approach? Right. And I, th- I think you brought up a really good point right there about there's changing environments. There's changing dynamics. Right? It's a very, di- and we all know this as wrestlers. It's a very different dynamic a tournament versus a dual meet. Very different. It feels different. You have multiple matches under your belt. Maybe it's multiple days. And then you go out there and compete versus you're going in for one match. All eyes are on you. Even if there's only 60 people here, you know thousands, tens of thousands of probably wrestling fans are watching this. Yep. That's, a, that's a different dynamic. Simone Biles, even, the, even as great as she is, going for your first Olympic championship is different than going for your second. It feels different. Even at the Olympic level, at the Olympic level wrestling, you know, Kyle Snyder and Sajulayev going for their first Olympic championship versus going for their second and now going head to head against the previous Olympic champion. So there's there's different dynamics and they're and they're always changing. 
So it's important to make sure you get a hold of that. You can tr- you control it to the best of your ability. It's going to be almost impossible to do without a mindset coach who's taking you through that. So, I think people got to understand that like you don't have to be sick to want to get better. And we work with so many kids that are top in the, and athletes that are top of the country, top in the world. And, uh, you know, either either mindset is your Achilles heel and it's killing your game uh, or you want to be able to just get to the next level by learning how to compete your best or you are the best and you need an edge. And, you know, like that's the uh, I've been very fortunate to get to work with so many really high level athletes and teams, because that's what they're looking for. They're like, we all train the same, we all have great coaches, we all have this stuff, you know, I, I, and we just need something that makes the difference. And, you know, again, there's, with so many kids that we've worked with over the years, having competed um, for who's number one, it just shows you like, you don't have to have problems to use mindset training. It's just something that is part of the sport that needs to be trained, period. Uh, and, or you're looking for an edge on competition. Excellent. And I was going to bring this up as well as one final point. So I was doing in that certification we're doing last night, I brought up the American Association of Sports Psychology. It's a it's sports psychology journal. It's peer reviewed. It's a scientific journal. And I was looking up the research about mindset, and mindset coaches. And basically it said the two biggest obstacles in the athlete's mind to why they don't get a mindset coach. Why don't most athletes get a mindset coach? The two biggest obstacles that they say, number one, time, and number two is perce- perceiving that they're going to that they're going to be seen by their teammates as mentally weak. They don't right. want to be perceived as mentally weak, or they don't have enough time. I know you spoke to the um, being perceived as mentally weak. Clearly, that's been largely debunked at this point. The top athletes do it. People are looking to get a mental edge. Speak to the time aspect, and if you want to give any other closing remarks about how you know athletes can overcome that stigmatism that they're that they're self imposing. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think, I think, uh, you know, the, there's stigma for other people and then stigma to yourself as if like, as if, well, if I'm doing this, then there must be something wrong with me. And I've had parents or coaches say like, well, if we talk about this, then like, they're going to realize that like, like right now they trick themselves into thinking that they don't have any issues. And if they figure out they have issues, it's like, what you're like, not going to find vulnerabilities in your and you're wrestling either. You're just going to pretend that like, they're not that like, you're, you're going to pretend that they're better on bottom than they are. Or you, or you're going to like, I know for me as a coach, I take my kids places to lose. Like I don't want them to lose, but either like you're going to show that like you're exceptionally better or like you're going to lose. And then, cause I, I need, I need those things to happen. So uh, point being is that like uh, a lot of the times it's self stigma, like admitting to ourselves that we have a problem. Parents don't want to admit that there's something wrong with their kid. Coaches don't want to admit those things. There's not a problem. It's just an opportunity to get better. It's, you know, do I want to let somebody down or am I trying to make them proud? Oh, I'm sorry. Do I not want to let somebody down or do I want to make them proud? It's the same thing. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's all about how, how you perceive the opportunity um, versus feeling like you have to do this to get better. The other flip side with this is, like you said, with time, um, time is no excuse. Like I, I tell people all the time when they say that, like they don't have time. I was like, I can promise you I'm busier than you. I have 541 unread text messages on my phone. Um, I have currently 210,495 un- unread emails. Um, I'm, I'm pretty confident that I'm busier than you, but, and I'm not even the most organized by any means this, you know, you and I are very similar for that. We can get a lot done, but we're not, you know, we're, we're, we're notoriously not the most organized, uh, but if it's important to you, you'll make time. And 
if 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 you prioritize like you know whether you're losing matches because of this or you need an edge on top a competition or i have a, a particular fighter who's world class is uh he's headlining the main event in bellator in ireland um he doesn't need this doesn't uh he sees the value and an opportunity to grow. He wants to make the most out of himself. So even though he's busy, he, he prioritizes to invest the time in himself. He doesn't have problems, but he wants to be the best version of himself. So if you don't have time to be the best version of yourself, then, well, you don't have time to probably win more wrestling matches this year because you probably spend at least an hour a day scrolling through TikTok and Reels and you don't have you know, 45 minutes once a week. So again, I, I, I think it's perception. People say time, but what they really are telling themselves is they don't want to do this and time is their excuse um, because we find time for a lot of other things. And, you know, RIT this last year that won a national title, uh, upsetting, you know, major upset beating number one and number two to to do so in the, uh, in the cross. Um, we would often meet at like 9 p.m. on a weekend. Why? Because they, they want to win a national title. They don't want to finish second again. So, you know, there's always time. And no, really, I'm that busy. Okay, cool. Then, you know, we'll find a coach that's willing to wake up with you at 530 in the morning, or we'll find a coach that's willing to meet with you at 5 p.m. on Saturday. You know, there's opportunity. You're just making a choice to not prioritize what everyone says uh, the sport is 90% um, Everyone says the sport's 90% mental and you're telling me that you're not prioritizing that as something that is meaningful to your growth. So up to you. I think of John McGovern, Dubuque University. He asked me, this was several years ago, working with the team. And he said, hey, we have an opening at 7 or 8 p.m. on New Year's Eve. Can you do it? I said, yeah, I'm in. And he loved it. He was like, I like that you didn't even hesitate. It's like, yes, if you're looking to get better, we're looking to help you get better. Everyone has 30 minutes a week. These are micro learning sessions. That's a term we've been, I've been using more and more frequently. They're micro like learning it. sessions. Everyone has a half hour. We know what it's like being in your shoes. We designed this program so we'd be able to do this when we were in high school or college. You, and you could check your phone. You know, your, the iPhone shows you how much time you spent on social media. Yeah. So you could see it right there. And, and you know everyone out there knows darn well. If you had someone you were attracted to who said, hey, meet me over here for coffee or meet me over here. We're going we're gonna to hang out for a half hour. You'd make time to get the half hour. What could be more important than your goals? And this is going to be the gift that keeps on giving. Mindset's going to help you. And of course, wrestling, any other sport, school, life, your personal relationships. There's no reason not to do it. Again, make sure teams, you're getting started right now. September, for individuals and teams, jump on board the Mindset program. If you have any questions, email us, mindset at wrestlingmindset.com. DM Mike, DM anyone, anyone of our Mindset coaches. Make sure you get a hold of us. So we appreciate you. Keep working hard, work hard, and work smart. Mindset makes the difference. Thank you very much. Take care, guys. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.